What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast. My name is Dante Williams, and I just want to let you know right off the bat, this message is going to be one that is very serious. I know a lot of my messages, I start joking around, you know, all these things to make it lively and fun, but this one is going to be one that is more serious, and you've probably already seen the title of this message, Calling Out Christians. And I pray that the Holy Spirit help me with what I'm trying to say, because right now I'm seeing some problems in our community that can no longer stay the same. I'm seeing a way that people who claim to be followers of Christ are living. That is the complete opposite of what Jesus called us to be. I'm seeing a problem and today I'm coming to call someone out. But I need you to know that more than anything, I'm calling myself out. That more than anything, I'm looking at the way that I've lived and I'm saying there's something that's got to change because I've been claiming to follow the name of Jesus Christ, but I haven't been doing 99% of the things that he has called me to do. And there is a problem today in the Christian community where we have become confused Christians. We've taken, we've taken the good things that we love in the Bible and we've skewed it to our own advantage Instead of taking the things that were actually taught that may make us feel uncomfortable, that may push us to do things that we wouldn't normally do, and we want to push those to the side. And this is a problem that I see today. One of the biggest critics of the Christian movement was this German philosopher named Friedrich Nietzsche. And he said this quote in one of his books, and it felt like I got punched right in the gut. He says this, in truth. There was only one Christian and he died on the cross. Now, if that does not make you stop and think about what he's saying, because he's criticizing the Christian church, because in the church, we claim to be followers of Christ, but he's claiming that the only person that lived up to what Jesus taught and what Jesus called us to do was Jesus himself. So we have a challenge. We have to make a change today. And as followers of Christ, we have to understand that we can't keep living. We can't keep representing the same type of Christianity that we've allowed to go on for so long. And there are some things that I'm seeing in our culture that I believe that we need to shift away from. There are things in our culture that we have that we have tied to Christianity that Jesus never intended to be tied to Christianity. We live in in, in this self-serving, individualistic culture where we value our morals and our thoughts and our opinions over everybody else's. And our focus has become on how myself can be served instead of how I can selflessly serve. We've become a me-centered culture. We've become a culture that that says, I love the Bible because it, it shows me how I can deal with my problems. I love the Bible because it talks about how God's going to bless me. I love the Bible because Jesus said that he's going to heal me. And we've become convenient Christians. Too many of us have been comfortable with being convenient Christians. What are you talking about, Dante? I'm talking about the convenient Christians that will proclaim the name of Jesus when it comes to their health. I'm talking about the people who will proclaim the name of Jesus when they need some salvation. I'm talking about the people who will call on the Bible to make our friends think that we're saved or that we're morally superior. I'm talking about the people who will only bring up Jesus when it comes to an argument that they want to win. But these are the same 
people that will not proclaim God's name when they're getting thrown into the fire. These are the same people that will not claim what Jesus said in the Bible about forgiveness when they're supposed to be forgiving someone. These are the same people who will ignore what Jesus talked about when he talked about sacrificing all that you have and taking up your cross. These are the same people that will ignore God when life is going good. And I'm calling you out today, but more than anything, I'm calling myself out. And what I hate to see And what I hate to have to admit is that Christianity has been functioning more like a clique instead of a community. Christianity has, has been functioning more like a popularity contest on who can quote the most scripture or who's the most saved or who can be the most modern instead of a community where we reach out to those who are different, where we reach out to those who do not believe, where we, we, where we step out of our comfort zone and help those who can't help themselves, but we've become a clique instead of a community. And so today, I want to focus on this passage in Joshua chapter 10, verse 13. If you got your Bibles out, open it up, pull it up on your phone. Can we get in the word today? Verse 13, Joshua chapter 10. This is what the word says. So the sun stood still. And the mood stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this, one before or since. When the Lord answers such a prayer, surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. I need somebody to know today that the sun has not yet set on your fight. The sun is not yet set on your fight. You still have a fight left that God is not allowing to go dark. And this may make you feel good. This may make you feel good that the sun is not yet set on your fight because right now you're probably thinking about all the enemies that you have that you're ready to fight. And and you're like, yes, Lord, illuminate them because I'm ready to fight someone. I'm ready to go after these people that disagree in me. I'm ready to go after these people that support Biden or Trump. Yes, Lord, illuminate them because I'm ready to fight the enemy. And you know, when it's dark, it's hard to see who you're fighting. This is why why God kept the sun in the sky for the Israelites to fight their enemy because when it's dark, it's hard to see who you're fighting. It's hard to see if the person that you're swinging your sword at is, is your friend or, or your enemy. It's hard to see if the person that you're throwing verbal attacks at is your friend or your enemy in the dark, it's hard to see who you're fighting. And some of you right now are conjuring up all these things about, yes, Lord, keep the light on these people. I'm ready to go after them. They've been bothering me. They've been offending me. They've been talking bad about me. I'm ready to attack someone. But I need you to understand this is not a message about how you're going to fight your enemies. No, no, no. Because I told you from the beginning, I'm coming for you today. What I need you to see is that right now, God is allowing the sun to stay up. God is allowing the light to shine on our battlefield because we have become so indulgent in our salvation instead of being intentional with what we've been given. Oh, that's so good. We have we we need the light. We need God to illuminate who we're fighting so we can see that the whole time the people that we're trying to fight are the very people that we should be protecting. The very people that we've been, been that we've been waging war against are the very people in our communities 
that we're supposed to be building a bond with instead of breaking down. And we become so indulgent in our salvation. We become so indulgent with with our moral superiority in Christianity that, that we've stopped being intentional with the gift that we have been given. We've stopped being intentional with the commands that we have been given in the word because we've been so indulgent in what the word can do for us. And for too long, the people that claim themselves to be Christians have been okay with doing just enough to, to get the punch on their imaginative punch card. They go to church enough to, to make it look okay with God. They they pray sometimes to, to make it look like they're doing better than what they really are. They they tithe a few weeks out of the entire year because they you know want to get that punch in the punch card. And God has allowed the light to continue to shine because he's trying to shed light on the shortcomings of our lack of action for everyone who claims his name. And I just got to know today, who are you fighting for? Because right now we're talking about a battle. And I need to know who are you fighting for? This is a question I had to ask for myself because if I answer this honestly for so long in my life, even though I claimed to be a follower of Christ, even though I claimed to want to hold up everything he asked me to do, when it came down to the question, Dante, who are you fighting for? The only person I could come up with was myself. And if you ask yourself today, truly, who are you fighting for? Is it just yourself? Are you just fighting so you can have a better career? Are you fighting just so you can be a little bit more happy? Or are you fighting for those who are not able to fight? Are you fighting for those who, who have been discriminated against? Are you fighting for those who have been, have been fighting this losing battle and they just need some help? And I got to know today, who are you fighting for? Because the fight that the Israelites were fighting was for people that needed some help. See, I started in verse 13 talking about the sun staying up because I know it made you feel good. But I told you I'm coming for you today. And so we need to see who the Israelites were truly fighting for. Go back to verse 5 in Joshua chapter 10. And let's read from here. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into one place and attacked Gibeon. Hold up. Stop. Who's Gibeon? So when Joshua was leading the Israelites to where God had called them, God was allowing them to win battles against every city that they came up against. And they were rolling up close to this place called Gibeon. And the people of Gibeon were afraid of the Israelites. So they deceived the people of Israel. They deceived Joshua and made him think that they weren't who they were. So Joshua signed a treaty with them so he couldn't attack them and they became his servants. So already the people of Gibeon have started their relationship with the Israelites with a lie. So they're getting attacked. And the men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Galgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us, for all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gogol and set out for Gibeon. Don't be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you a victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. What am I trying to get you to see here? The Israelites 
used their best warriors to fight for a people that could not fight for themselves. They went to fight for a people who were about to be outnumbered. They were going to fight for a people who had already lied to them, but they did it because it's the right thing to do. They fought for a people that could not protect themselves. And right now, there are people in our communities, there are people that we claim to want to love who are in a fight where they need help. We have our black brothers and sisters who are who are being oppressed, who are being looked at differently, who are being judged because the color of their skin, whether you want to believe it or not, these are people who are in a fight and they need some help. We have to stand up for those in a fight who cannot protect themselves. I'm talking about poor people. I'm talking about people who were lost. I'm talking about people who who have had who have been attacked. I'm talking about all of the people who have it worse off than you do. But I love this because you may be afraid to fight for those who can't fight for themselves because you don't know what it's going to make you become. You don't know what's going to happen to you or your family or your job or your loved one. But I love this because God told the Israelites, do not be afraid of them because I have already given you victory over them. When God calls you to fight for someone who cannot fight for themselves, he will not send you into a losing battle. He will send you into a battle where he has already paved the way. Oh, I love the word. I'm, I'm telling you, we have to be willing to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. And for too long in the Christian community, I have seen people, including myself, stand up and boldly claim that they are for all people, that they want to help all people, that they're all for the poor. But the second that someone walks up to them that does not look like them, the second that someone walks up to them who does not who does not wear the same clothes that they wear, they immediately throw judgment on them instead of showing them the love that God showed us. I think of it like this. I tell my wife this all the time because I love my wife to death, but sometimes she can have an attitude, uh, like, like road rage attitude. And there'd be so many times where like, we'd be driving down the road and someone cuts us off and her first reaction is to start honking. Like there was one time we was driving down the road and I was driving and this car cut me off. And so I decided I'm just going to slow down and let them roll. And she grabbed the steering wheel and started trying to honk. Like, like this girl all about standing up for injustice and I love her for it but I tell her sometimes I'm like yo one day you might get me into a fight could we be walking in the store and, and if someone just walk in front of us without paying attention she'll try to be like oh look where you're going like she'll she'll say something snarky like that and I'm like babe chill I'm like I'm like chill she's like I ain't afraid of nobody and I'm like okay that's cool I get that I fully understand that that's great but what you got to understand is uh because I'm your husband and because I love you, if you get into a fight, if you get jumped by no matter how many people, it's my obligation to fight. And I ain't trying to get my behind whipped because you're trying to have some snarky comments. And and I'm all about the fight for my wife. If someone came after my mom or my sister, I don't care who it is. If you come after somebody that I love, I'm going to do everything I can to protect them in the fight. Even if it's not a fight that I caused. Even if it's not a fight that I should even be a part of. And, and I love this because there may be some people out there today who are thinking, I did not cause them to be in that situation. I used to look at this all the time with like poor people on the street. And, and I'd roll by and be like, oh, they must have done something. They must have done something wrong. And looking back on it now, that's such a terrible way to look at things because I've seen in the Christian church 
We've looked at these situations like, well, okay, what did you do? What did you do to deserve that? This is not a fight that I started, so why should I be called to fight a battle that has nothing to do with me? And that's the most narrow-minded, self-aggrandizing comment that I could ever hear anyone say, and I've said it myself. Because how much better do I have to believe I am than the God of the universe that sent his son to die on the cross and fight a battle that he didn't even start? Ooh. God sent his only son to die for you because you got yourself into a situation that God didn't cause. God does not cause man to sin. God did not cause man to continue, continually disobey him. God does not call people to lie, to cheat, to steal, to kill. He did not cause any of it. But he saw people that he loved in a situation that they could not get out of. He saw the people that he loved in a battle that they could not fight for themselves. So what did he do? He took action in a battle that he didn't start. And he sent his only son to die on the cross and fight the battle to beat sin and death for you. So how much better do you think you are that you are not called to do the same for somebody else? Mm. God is so good. We need to start fighting battles. We're in this together. We're, in, we're supposed to be the body of Christ. But we're so separated on what every other part of the body is doing. We're supposed to be those who love their their neighbors like we love ourselves. But we barely can extend out a hand for someone that needs help. We're so afraid to fight battles for other people. And I don't know if it's because judgment or what. But we're willing to fight against the own people in our Christian community. It makes no sense. We're so down to attack our own body in Christ. We're so down to, to fight against other pastors and, and churches and other Christians because they believe something different. And I want to read this scripture out of Romans chapter 14. And Paul is talking to the church in Rome. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. And I need you to listen. Because every single word that he says is so true even up to this day. So check it out. Romans chapter 14. Verse one, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is wrong or right. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who do not eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we do not uh, live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. 
So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and I am convinced of the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. If another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something you are sinning, if you go ahead and do it. If you are not following your convictions, if you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. That is a bunch to unpack. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that what Paul is clearly saying here is that in the body of Christ, there will be diversity in thoughts. There will be a diversity in your day-to-day life of convictions. And what he was seeing is that the people in this area, they were they were condemning each other over the most trivial things in life. Kind of like how today I will see Christians in the body of Christ fighting each other over over if they're going to vote for Biden or Trump or if they're Republican or Democrat or if they like guns or if they don't or if they support Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. And I see people tearing each other apart over stuff that in the grand scheme of things is so trivial when all that matters is that that Jesus is put first in whatever you do. We're tearing apart our own body. We're, we're fighting each other. On the most trivial things, I see churches fighting all the time over your pastor is too loud or your pastor doesn't preach good enough or or you need to start playing music instead of listening to hymns or you shouldn't be playing drums in the church. And all of these things were tearing apart the body of Christ over things that in the grand scheme of things are so meaningless. I'm calling someone out today because I'm tired of seeing the very people that we claim to be in a community with tearing each other apart when all he's trying to say here is, do you love Jesus? Do you put him first? Do you believe he, that he died on the cross for your sins? Oh, you do? Then nothing else matters. In the grand scheme of things, all these other little things that we're fighting over does not matter because it's taking us away from worshiping God. Oh my gosh. So I've set up a checklist and I call it the check yourself checklist. Because I believe that there are some things that if we reflect on in our lives, we're going to see Areas that we can make an improvement and change. We can see areas where we can start acting and walking more like Christ than what we're doing right now. And so the first point to the check yourself checklist. Are your prayers more about being blessed or are they more about being a blessing? Another way to put it. Are your prayers more about success or service? Are your prayers more about me or we? 
Because the truth of the matter, whether you like it or not, we live in a culture where we have become self-centered. We have become self-centered and self-serving in every aspect, especially in the Christian community. We love to sit there and we love to, to read all the verses about how God can bless us about how we ask and we'll receive and and we get healing and how we're loved. And that's all great because it's all true. But if that's the only thing that you're focusing on is how you can be enriched, you're missing out on the very message of the gospel. We need to stop being so self-centered and self-serving and we need to become self-aware. Because being self-aware, you understand what God has given up for you. And and just like I said, when I used to see poor people on the street and I would look at them and they'd be holding up signs and I'd be thinking, oh, that sucks to be you. You must have got yourself there. (laughs) Got to figure out how to get yourself out. Could you imagine if God treated us that very same way? Could you imagine if God looked at us and said, oh, dang. Yeah, Dante, uh, what you did, you got yourself in that situation. Um, So you're going to have to figure it out. We've become so accustomed to the sayings of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Work harder. Do it yourself. And I get the sentiment. It's great. You want to work as hard as you can. But we have to realize that there are some people in certain situations where no matter how hard they work, they need a little bit of help. And if God looked at us by the same by, by the same way of thinking that we look at other people who need help, we would be forever doomed. Struggling with your help. Well, you got yourself in that situation. Dante should have been eating healthier. Oh, you need salvation? Oh, you've been sinning? Oh, you got yourself kicked out of the garden for something that you did? You have to figure it out for yourself. We would be doomed if that's how God treated us. So why are we treating other people the same way? I'm telling you, I'm calling myself out so bad right now. We got to understand that we are called to serve because we were served even when we were so extremely undeserving of the service that God gave us. Are your prayers more about being blessed or about being a blessing? Second checklist. When's the last time you served someone outside of your circle? Like, like, like when's the last time that you went out of your city and you served somebody? When's the last time that you blessed somebody that didn't go to the same church as you? When's the last time that you blessed somebody that didn't look like you? When's the last time that, that you helped somebody who was a non-believer? When's the last time that you served somebody outside of your circle? When's the last time that you showed love to somebody that disagreed with you politically? When's the last time that you got uncomfortable and broke out of your bubble? See, we got to understand that Jesus didn't only serve those who were on his side. He didn't serve only the the people in his circle because, I mean, imagine if all Jesus did was preach and heal and teach to the people who already believed in him, there would be no such thing as Christianity. If all Jesus did was, was build up the people who already agreed with him and interacted with the people who already agreed with him and looked like him and talked like him and was at the same social status as him, if that's all that Jesus did, the message of the gospel would never be spread. And that's what we're doing right now. In the church and as followers of Christ, whether you know it or not, there are some parts of your life where you are where you are confining yourself to this circle where you won't go out of and you're you're holding back the love that God is trying to spread to his people. 
But see, Jesus looked at this and he said, nah, forget that. Because Jesus said, I'm not going to hold on to things like social status or or politics or or race or what people look like. I'm not going to hold on to all that. You see where I'm going here? You see what I'm trying to say? Because Jesus served what society rejected. Jesus served the prostitutes. Jesus served the tax collectors. Jesus served the very people who had diseases that people wouldn't even get close to. Jesus served that which society rejected. And I have some news for you right now. We're the society that is rejecting people. I'm calling someone out today. This may not be everybody. And if it's not you, and if you say I've done everything that Christ has called me to do, then you can go ahead and turn this off. But I know for me, I'm guilty of every single one of these things because I have been that society that rejected people. I have been that society that looked at someone because of the way that they were dressed and I already had prejudgments about what they were about to do. I am the society that walked past the poor and said, sorry, buddy, figure it out. But Jesus said, I'm going to serve while I can because there are people that need my help there are people that are so far from the truth and jesus said i'm going to go wherever i can go and instead of expecting them to meet me i'm gonna meet them so they can drink from the everlasting life of the well i love jesus so much because jesus did not allow politics or culture or comfort to stop him from serving. Look at Luke chapter 5 and verse 29. Jesus was sitting with tax collectors and the Pharisees looked at him and they say, why do you eat and drink with such scum? The very people that claimed to be the most righteous before God were the people that looked at the tax collectors and called them scum. And Jesus answered them and said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Right now, we have a problem where we're willfully overlooking the people who Jesus would claim as the sick people that need a doctor. We're overlooking these people. We've been so we've been so ready and willing to accept the healing from Jesus ourselves, but we're not willing to give it out. And bring people to Christ. Third point. Can you get comfortable with discomfort? That's a tough one. Can you get comfortable with putting yourself outside of your comfort zone? Can you get comfortable with talking to people that you would normally not talk to? Can you get comfortable with sitting with the very people that your friends rejected? Can you get comfortable with discomfort. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. And in our modern view of Christianity today, when we see this about take up your cross, we we look at it as, oh, this is my cross to bear. Oh, I got a tough job. This is my cross to bear. Oh, I'm struggling with staying with my diet. This is my cross to bear. And we view it as a way to to almost make ourselves look like we're doing more for the kingdom of God because we're suffering just a little bit and we completely misconstrue what the cross meant because in that time the cross was not just something that you just had to put on your shoulders and deal with for a little bit 
The cross was a symbol of death. It was a symbol of suffering. The last thing that you would ever want to do is to have to take up your cross because that means that you're headed to torture in your death. And what Jesus is trying to get us to see here is he calls up to he calls us to give up our own way. He calls up to give up the way that we have been living and to take up our cross. Be willing to sacrifice. Be willing to give up everything that you thought was important to follow God. And right now, what I believe is, is that in the Christian community, we have become what I call comfortable Christians. We've adopted comfortable Christianity. I told you, I'm coming for you. And I need you to understand I'm doing this out of love because I've lived it myself. We have become comfortable Christians. Because back then, being a Christian meant that you suffered. Being a Christian in Jesus' time meant that you were going to get rocks thrown at you. Meant that you weren't welcome in cities. Meant that you were most likely going to die for what you believed in. So when Jesus said, take up your cross, he was straight up serious. He said, if you want to follow me, let go of your old way and be ready to get through whatever is thrown your way. But today, as a Christian, we don't have to deal with that. At least not in Western culture. The, the the Christian culture that I've been a part of is the one where being a Christian means that, that you get rich, that God's going to bless you. And, and that's that's the only thing that we talk about is God's going to get you through the storm and, and God's going to give you all the money and you're going to have an abundance, which is all true and it's all great. But that's all that we focused on. And we become so comfortable in Christianity where when we see someone who's hurting, we're comfortable with sitting back and saying, oh, I'm just going to pray for him and hope that it gets better. We sit back and say, oh, man, I know that they're struggling with addiction. Hopefully they can find their way. What we got to understand is that there is a battle right now that people are fighting and we need to be willing to let go of our old ways of comfort and take up our cross and fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. There is racism going on. There is there is poverty going on. Everyone is struggling right now. And as Christians, we need to let go of our comfort and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We need to step out and say, Lord, use me. Lord, really use me. Help me to follow the teachings that you've taught when you say to give to the poor and help those who can't help themselves and fight a battle for those who are not strong enough to fight it for themselves. I'm tired of being a comfortable Christian. <sighs> James chapter 2 verse 14 says this, what good is it? Dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? He is calling us to step out of our comfort zone. Once again, how selfish do we have to believe or do we have to be to believe that we don't have to do even just a fraction of what Jesus did for us on that cross? We're so okay with being comfortable where we're at and not sacrificing and not going the extra mile to help someone. When Jesus himself did this, he was comfortable up in heaven and he decided that because there was a people who needed his help, who could not get out of the rut by themselves, that he was going to subject himself to pain and 
to cruelty, to temptation, to human emotions, to, to people literally trying to kill him. And he ultimately was going to get out of his comfort zone to die because he saw that there was people that needed his help. And that person that he went to go die for is you. And it's me. And how selfish do we have to be to believe that we don't even get to do a fraction of what Jesus did himself. So we have to get out of our comfort zone. I'm tired of being comfortable because being comfortable means that I'm complacent. Being comfortable means that I'm responsible for those around me who are suffering. Even though I did not cause the fight, it is my burden to bear as a follower of Christ to step up for those who need help. I feel this so strongly today. We have to stop being Willing to live out the convenient and ignore the uncomfortable. Because Jesus came to serve and not be served. So we need to stop thinking that we are meant to be served and not to serve. I need you to understand that it may feel like I'm coming at your throat, but I'm calling myself out more than anything. Because as a whole, I believe that we have lost touch with with the truth of what being a follower of Christ truly is. We've taken all the good things that make us feel better and make us feel comfortable. And we've completely abandoned the true meaning of the gospel. And that meaning is sacrifice. That meaning is sacrifice. And the last point, And I'm going to end on this. The point four of the check yourself checklist is this. If God asked you today, would you give up everything you have for God? Would you give up all your possessions? Would you give up all of your wealth? Would you give up your social status? Would you give up even your family and your loved ones if God called you to do it today and that my friends is the hardest question to answer it's hard because we've been so accustomed to living in this convenient and comfortable christianity where sacrifice is something that we're scared of where sacrifice is something that seems so out beyond what god would ever call us to do when that is the core of what jesus came to do for us was to sacrifice so we could be set free. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the love and the sacrifice that you showed us. Lord, I thank you that you were willing to get uncomfortable so we could find comfort in your salvation. Lord, I thank you that you came to this earth and you died and you rose for people who are weak by themselves, but strong with you. And Father God, I believe that you have called us today to be the very same strength for those who are lost, to be the very same strength for those who are in a battle that cannot fight it for themselves. Father God, I pray that you just break something in us today, that you unleash something in us today to help us see that we have been living in comfort, that we have been living in a convenience of being a Christian in today's modern world. Father God, I pray that you just give us a heart of service. I pray that you give us a heart 
of forgiveness and of love. And I pray that you give us a heart where we are no longer selfish and no longer serving ourselves over serving others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I thank y'all for sticking around. I know this message probably offended some people, but man, we have a change to make if you call yourself a follower of Christ. I thank y'all so much for hanging out with me. Link in the description if you want to support the podcast monetarily or if you want to check out more content. I will catch y'all next week. Have a blessed weekend. Peace out.